This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. Good morning. We are starting a new series today at Central. If it's your first time, uh, most times we, uh, we might have a one-off message here and there, but we like to walk you guys through a series. We kind of formulate and plan as a staff uh, at, uh, different, different topics we want to address, uh, different topics that we may hear you guys uh, talk about as points of interest, and then we break them down and try to walk through them uh, with a little bit of organization. And so we are starting a new series this morning called In Transit. In Transit. We thought this would be a creative way to convey the idea of Scripture, that Scripture uh, from the beginning all the way to the last parts written and now through the Holy Spirit, uh, the revelation of God has been in motion from the beginning of all things. And that the idea and the uh, person and work of Jesus didn't start in the New Testament, but the person and work of Jesus started all the way from day one. Uh, my students would probably, they would call them like day ones. You ever heard that? Like, that's my day ones. A once is day one, right? Like they're, they're okay. You guys are, you guys are cool. So, uh, <laughs> you guys are with it. So, uh, uh, Jalen, what up, boy? He knows. That's an A one right there. So, uh, uh, we are talking about in transit, and so we're gonna, as you saw in the video, that beautiful video that a beautiful man created. Um, we are gonna move you through a couple different portions and, and sections of scripture, and we're gonna highlight to you why they may matter more than we act like act, more than we act like they do. Sorry, um, not too long ago, as a staff. We went to a conference at Woodside Bible Church in Detroit, not in Detroit, sorry, in Troy, uh, very different, in Troy, and, uh, uh, and it was uh, Andy Stanley, if you guys have heard of him, Andy Stanley's a, a pretty well-known pastor. He wrote a book called Irresistible, and he was doing a conference uh, about the book Irresistible, and the, the book actually got a lot of press, positive and negative, because the idea of Andy Stanley's book was addressing how Christians today should view all of Scripture, but specifically the Old Testament. The Old Testament, uh, I keep feeling like a giant's walking by me. Anybody else hear that? That's just me. I ate like two donuts this morning, so it might be me. So Andy Stanley addresses in it how Christians should view the Old Testament even now. A lot of times we, we look at parts of scripture, um, and if you're like me, you might open the Bible up like, you know, you take the Bible like this, you open it halfway, that puts you like Psalms, Proverbs, that area, and then you flip a little bit, and now you're in the New Testament, right? And the New Testament is Jesus. The New Testament is, is the story of Jesus, his followers. It's when Jesus enters into human history. And a lot of times, if we're not careful, we might only look at that part of the Bible, that half of the Bible, right? But Andy Stanley kind of got into some hot water because he makes the point in his book that uh, the, the Old Testament may not be used in the right way at a lot of churches by a lot of pastors and a lot of ministers. He, he uh, points out that the Old Testament is not a bunch of rules and laws and things that we need to follow today, now. That's concerning to a lot of people who were raised in church and raised with that straightforward viewpoint of the Bible. It's kind of nerve-wracking to me as well with the kind of church that I come from because if you look at it, I mean, you know, the Bible is actually a tool that a lot of 
people use to keep a lot of Christians in check. It's, it's our kind of idea of do's and don'ts and rights and wrongs. And um, I, remember, I remember being a high schooler wanting to get tattoos. And, and I went to like three different pastors at the church I was at. And I was like, dude, am I going to go to hell if I get a tattoo? That's all I need to know. Like I can repent if it's wrong, but am I going to go to hell? Right? Like my, 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 my idea of grace was totally right. And, um, and I'm, it was such a clouded, that, even that kind of thing was such a clouded conversation because it was like nowhere in the New Testament did we look at anything. They were like, well, you know, in the Old Testament, people use that to worship false gods, so you shouldn't do it. And it, like, here's the thing. I'm not picking on anybody, but if we're not careful, that can be our, our view of what Scripture is for. But that's not what Scripture is for. And I would argue, and we would argue with this series, that that's not ever what Scripture was intended to be or to be used for. And so today, I'm starting us off, and we're talking about one of the most exciting, joyful parts of Scripture. It's called the fall of man. Sounds like a Michael Bay movie, right? No, Michael, Transformers. So, you know, like a lot of action, terrible acting. So, uh, like most Christian movies. So, um, so, um, so... I was thinking about this, and as I was putting together my notes and all this stuff, um, I started thinking about how I could relate this, and, and just go with me on this. I might lose some of you, but I feel like looking across the room, I might have a lot of you in on this, in agreement with me. But when I was about 10 or 11, the internet was popping off, popping off. There was this little thing called AOL. Anybody? America Online. And it was an exciting place. <laughs> It was an exciting place to be as a preteen. Uh, I remember, that's, y'all not here? That's me. Okay, that's, I need to go for a jog. So AOL was an exciting place to be. AOL was crazy. AOL was, was like an internet platform that you would get on, and they had like uh, chat rooms. There was like different things you could do. But, but in order to log on, you had to connect to the internet, right? And if you are like me and you had siblings, connected to the internet in itself was its own pilgrimage. Like it was its own work of love, like labor of love. You, you would try to connect to the internet, and in a house with two siblings, younger sister, older brother, phones always being used. You, one kicks the other one off, dial-up is just a terrible idea, right? And, and it would sound something like this. You'd go to log on, you'd click, and it'd be like, beep, 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 beep. And you're connected, right? And uh, after that, like, 45-minute connection to the Internet, you could do some awesome things. I remember I had a gift card designer on my computer, and I felt like Da Vinci, man. Or, or you know, like, I felt like the best. Like, I guess Michelangelo would be the one, right? He's the painter. And I felt like just the man. I would go to school with all these, like, I'd have, like, Mother's Day, because they only had certain templates. So I'd bring, like, Mother's Day gift cards to, like, my friends at school. And they wouldn't care it was Mother's Day. I'd be like, just imagine it says friend, bro. You're the man, right? And they're like, this is cool. How'd you do this? I'm like, I got a printer, dude. Like, what's up, right? I got a printer, right? Then it, it was like we'd get into like message boards and, or, or like, you know, forums. And you got into a lot of trouble there because you could, you could go into pretty much any forum and act like you were like 35, but really you're 11. So you're saying things that's making everybody angry and you think it's awesome. It's kind of how a lot of us still use Facebook, right? And, and uh I was doing all kinds of stuff, but before long, 
my adventures in the world of the internet, in America Online, got kind of frustrating, got kind of tedious. My connection wasn't that great. The programming, the software wasn't that great. There was a lot of issues with it, a lot of bugs. There was a lot of lags. A lot of times I'd be on there and then randomly it would just kick me off. You know what I mean? I'd be trying to holler at, like, you know, some little girl from school or something. I'd be like, what's up, girl? Your mama let you get 45 minutes today or we got an hour together? You know, like, I'd be trying to holler at people on there, right? And, and it would just kick me off. Boom. Heartbroken. But then, check this out. The, the ultimate gift from heaven was received. I, uh, the skies parted one day. The glory of God came down to the mailbox. My mom received a magazine in the mail, and glued to the back was a new CD. I feel the presence of God right now. It was a new CD. And I pulled the CD out, and the CD had a yellow running man on it. You know who I'm talking about? And it said on it, it said, AIM, AOL Instant Messenger. It's about to get deep. And underneath it said, not one, not 1.0. The boy said, 2.0. And I, I was like, what is, what is this? This is witchcraft. There's too much power in my hands. I ran to my computer, opened my CD-ROM drive, took the disc out, threw the 1.0 away. Who needs that anymore? Put the 2.0 in, and my mind was blown. I didn't have to go into a message board anymore. I had individual windows where I could talk to people. I could open up one window and talk to one friend, and then I could multi-screen and open up another window and talk to two friends at once individually, not in one room. So I could gossip about them over here, and they gossip about them over here, and nobody knew. It was incredible. They even, on the window that I was talking in, they even had an option to add an avatar. You remember these? I remember what my avatar was, legit, no lie. My avatar was a little Bow Wow. <laughs> yeah, I remember. They only, had, they only had select ones. And it was like, I mean, with the, with the image I'm trying to project right now, do I want Green Day or do I want Bow Wow? Bow Weezy was where it was at, right? And so th- the thing is, is that number one was kind of laggy. It was made with, whoever made it, made it with good intentions, good purpose, good whatever, but there was a malfunction in the software. And so whoever created it looked at it and was like, hey, there's a way that we can improve on this. There's a way that we can take our, our, our intentions and our uh, uh, ideas and our creativity from the first go around, and we can release a, a 2.0 to this bad boy, and we can right a lot of the wrongs that we had. I don't know why my mind went here, but my mind went there when thinking about the fall because how many of you guys know uh, the guy from the Bible named Adam? Nobody. Okay, <laughs> scare me. I said that and y'all went. Adam, okay, Adam. Adam's, Adam's the name. And so Adam, if you know anything about Adam, I'll give you a quick rundown. Adam was, Adam had it made, dude. Literally made in the shade was Adam's story. Like he was made in the shade of the garden by God, and God, from, from, from his creation, God made all these things, makes Adam, raises Adam up, and Adam is immediately put in charge over all of creation. We would say it like this in, in like the Christian world. You would say Adam is the head over the creation order, right? It's God, but then God put Adam and, and Eve over all of it. And so Adam and Eve are the ones that are to care for this. So you could kind of say that Adam was like the chief gardener over the creation, right? But if you guys know the story, the story goes that while Adam and 
and Eve are chilling, walking around naked. No shame. Hashtag no shame, right? They're walking around naked. Adam's probably getting fresh. Who knows, right? What's up, girl? Move your hair. <laughs> right? Like, okay, sorry. And all of a sudden, the snake slithers in. I'm sorry, Tony. <laughs> Tony family looking at him like, what'd you do? So the snake comes in. And check this out. Follow me. The snake comes in, and we are shown we have a window to look into human history and see the first ever sin against God. A lot of people look at it just from, from surface value or add surface value and say, well, they sinned because they ate from the tree. No, that's not the sin. The first sin that was created was believing somebody other than God. The serpent comes in, whispers a lie to them. And here's the, here's the interesting thing about how the serpent deceived them. He didn't tell them a bold-faced lie. He didn't tell them something that was totally unbelievable. He took God's word, which is good, and he just mixed in a little bit of doubt. And all of a sudden, it derailed everything that God intended. All of a sudden, it throws all of creation into a frenzy. Everything now in the creation order is thrown off balance, off kilter. There's something incredibly wrong just in that moment when Adam and Eve believed another voice other than God. How many of us believe other voices aside from God's for our life? So if you know the story, Adam and Eve go on, and then it becomes like this, this like dating reality TV show blame game. God comes walking through the garden in the cool of the day, right, and he, it says he's walking through. And how creepy would you, like creeped out would you be if you're Adam and Eve, and all of a sudden you're like, ah, we naked, right? And then God, you hear like twigs snapping and like, like bushes moving because God's walking through the garden. He's like, where y'all at? You're like. Oh, my gosh, right? Like, you're hiding, and you just see God walking through. Where y'all at? As if God don't know. So Adam and Eve are hiding now. They're hiding themselves because they feel shame for the first time. They're made aware that they, wait, whoa, we got to hide ourselves. This isn't right. And God comes walking through. And God comes to them and holds them accountable for believing a different voice other than yours. Here's what God says. He doesn't go to them and say, oh, my gosh, you totally messed up. I'm so mad at you. The question that he asks them when he comes to them is, who told you that you were naked? Who? Who? Because it wasn't me. I made you to hear my voice, Right? My sheep know my voice. I made you to know my voice, and I'm not the one that told you you were naked. I made you that way with no shame, and I called it good. So who told you that this was bad? What voice did you give into that wasn't mine? And they're like, like guys, the, the typical. I mean, she did it. And the lady, the typical, boop, I do. You know what you, right? And they're going back and forth. And then now Adam realizes that he's not gaining any ground by just blaming her because she's got a strong argument against him, right? They're just pointing. And then Adam turns the finger on God. He says, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Actually, you're to blame because she did it and you gave her to me. So <laughs> you're bad, right? <laughs> this doesn't work. This is a problem. So fast forward a little bit. That, I'm sure they didn't even understand them, but then from that point on, sin fractures human history. 
It moves through the course of humanity. And now, sin isn't just something that happened when Adam and Eve believed a different voice from God. It's almost like it's genetically passed down from one generation to the next. Sin and believing another voice other than God's became almost a family tradition for humankind. Now we are made and and we come out and and we're made in God's image, but now we have this thing running through us and and having its way and wreaking havoc in our thoughts and our logic and our decision making that's making us choose between God's way and another way. God's way and our way. God's voice and another voice. And so this is running through the course of humanity. And I want to make the argument today that if we read scripture for all, for, for what it is, and we take it at face value, you could read that story and you could say, that's great, that's good, there's a talking snake. Who knows if that happened unless you watch Once Upon a Time on ABC? <laughs> you say, yup. I mean, who cares, right? That sounds like fairy tale stuff. That's like Shrek. It's like, who cares? If you read it with those eyes, that's all you'll get out of it. But with this series, we want to make the case to you that every page of the Bible has something to say about Jesus. That every happening and event throughout Scripture tells the story of who Jesus is. Check this out. I talked about AIM and AOLA at 1.0, right? And then I talked about 2.0. Did you guys know that Adam in the garden is a 1.0? He was, he was like the, he was the forerunner. He was the first one that we've seen, the first man that we've seen. But Adam had a 2.0. I mean, I'll tell you like this. Adam had a 2.0 version, complete with different windows and profiles and avatars. 1 Corinthians 15, 21 and 22 says this. For since, this is Paul talking. So Paul has this revelation about Jesus. For since death came through a man. Adam and Eve, mankind, death enters into our world, our realm of being through one man. The resurrection also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, mankind experiences death now because Adam and Eve's error in the garden to not listen to God's voice But for as in Adam all die, so in Christ all are made alive. Many theologians refer to Jesus as the second Adam. Adam 2.0. Let me me show you some similarities. This is crazy. How Here's how you can look at it and you can see that God authored this from the beginning. God had a plan already made. God had a 2.0 disc already slapped to the back of a magazine and in the mailbox when 1.0 was wreaking havoc. God had a plan from the beginning and Jesus runs through all of scripture, even the first book. Here's how they compare. Check out the parallels. Adam was created in the image and likeness of God. Watch the wording, created in the image and likeness of God. Jesus is the exact image and likeness of God. Adam was created naked and without shame. That doesn't say Adam and Eve. Jesus hung naked on the cross and bore our shame. Adam experienced death because he sinned. Jesus defeats death on the behalf of sinners. To create his bride, Adam had his side opened up. You guys know that, right? It says he, God put him to sleep like, rock mine, and I go to sleep. And then he opened up his side and Eve. 
created his bride, Adam had a side opened up in redeeming his bride. While hanging on the cross, Jesus too had his side opened up. Adam's role in the garden first was to be the chief gardener. Check this out. This one's cool. When Mary goes after the resurrection, Mary goes to visit the tomb. She confuses Jesus with the gardener. Adam passed this command from God to his bride. You shall not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Jesus gives a new command to his bride, which is the church. Love one another just as I have loved you. Adam rebelled in the garden by putting himself in the place of God. Jesus is God, but to save us, put himself in the place of man. This is a good one. Adam introduces sin to humanity in the garden by eating from the tree. Jesus brings redemption from sin to humanity by hanging on the tree. The parallels are like, it's almost like somebody meant to do it, wouldn't you say? I mean, that's kind of creepy. So you're telling me that when, when all this was playing out back in the day, way, way back in the day, all this is playing out, and God is looking at it, and he's going, mm-hmm, 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 Jesus, get ready. Mm-hmm, 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 you're almost up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, go, 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 go. Jesus knew. Backstage, behind the curtain, everything we see, Jesus, God has Jesus waiting to make his debut at just the right time in human history because he has a specific role for Jesus to play. Everything, and I mean everything. If you don't believe me, turn on your TV. You, you want to know if the Old Testament plays, plays any role in today's life here and now, turn on your TV. You're telling me that a good and perfect God created everything that you see? Yes. It's evidence of his glory, his creativity. Yes. God made that. You want to know how it got broken? Humans believed a voice other than God's, and it sent creation spiraling. It derailed us. It threw us off. Open up Facebook for 10 minutes. Read the comments. Don't read the comments. There's something fundamentally wrong with the world that we live in. Right now, there's foreign children in in detainee camps being held in unlivable conditions. Right now, there's people in other seas digging through garbage heaps just to find food. What happens when a world that's created good and perfect by a good and perfect God gets a hold of it and people start to have their own way with what God created? This is what happens. What happens when you take the garden that God created perfect and beautiful, and he put man over it. Did you know that if you believe in Jesus, God has put you here to steward something? God has put you at your job, your workplace, wherever you are, your neighborhood. We talked about this weeks ago, to steward something well, to have a presence there, to have a tangible role in what's going on. Adam was in the garden, had a role there, had authority there. But when we get a little bit of power and we, we, we turn our attention from God's voice onto whatever else is talking in our ear, and there's always something talking in our ear. When we turn our attention from that to that, this is what happens. Things kind of get messy. But today, what I can stand up here and tell you is that there's a 2.0. There's a second Adam that came to right all of the wrongs that the first Adam made. There's a second Adam that 
cares so much about his creation that he didn't just let the system flaws run its course. And he doesn't sit up in the heavens looking down at the world waiting for the clock to expire before he does something. He's actively moving and working in the world that we live in, and he chose to do that through you and me. But the the catch is that we have to be tuned into his voice because when we're not, Genesis is a good example, and the rest of Scripture is a good example of what people do when they get a taste of God and then turn to their own things, when they get a taste of God and then they tune their ear to a different voice. It's a back and forth struggle and it's no different here and now. If you're like me, and, and I'm just, I'll just be honest about this, even like with the Andy Stanley, when I went to that conference I told you about, and he's talking, we're standing out in the lobby and there's pastors that are like struggling, like, like there's pastors all over and they're struggling. What is this guy talking about? The Old Testament doesn't matter anymore? No, 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 no. I preach out the Old Testament like every two weeks, man. Like the Old Testament, right? Like th- there's people that struggle with, with coming to grips with the fact that we don't follow the law that we used to have to follow. You don't. If you do, you don't have to. Jesus came to be the fulfillment of the law so that you were free from it and then that you were adopted into him so you don't have to follow a law anymore. You follow Jesus. But there's, there's people that, that feel so connected to this, and, and I think it gives us a sense of security and comfort and familiarity, but, but it's a scary thing when you have to look at it, and it actually means something that you have to grab hold of and you have to change. What does it mean for us? We can look at the Old Testament and go, man, listen, I can shave my beard. My parents didn't force me to marry anybody I didn't want to marry. I can have tattoos, I can dress how I want, there's, there's freedom in that. So if that doesn't matter, then that doesn't matter, right? What, what matters is Jesus. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But it should matter to you because there's a poet I listen to, his name's Propaganda, and Propaganda calls Jesus the crimson cord that runs through everything. There's a crimson cord that runs throughout Scripture. That's Jesus. From the first page to the last page, there's something in there for you and for me. Because Jesus is told about on every page. What if, what if we started looking at the whole Bible, not just the New Testament, but the whole Bible, as meaningful and worth looking at, taking into consideration? Not so that way you have to be held under the weight of an Old Testament law, but so that way you can see how Jesus revealed himself to people who were seeking him as good as they could, as best as they could, just like you and I are. And Jesus was progressively working with them, pointing them to something new, conditioning them for something better so that he could lead them to freedom. The Old Testament is not meant to keep you under the weight of the law. It's meant to show you what Jesus can do when you lean on him and he brings fulfillment to those things. I have teenagers all the time ask me, they come to me all the time. We actually talked about the fall in youth group a few weeks ago, and, and I said, hey, like I opened up at the beginning, it was real casual, and I said, hey, if you guys have any questions, ask me. Like you can, you can ask them, fire away, and we'll talk about it. And, and by far, the most popular questions I got, and for you guys, for, from, from believers and non-believers, you, the questions that you guys may hear are probably similar to the ones I hear. These are the ones I hear the most. From Teenagers and from adults. My, the, the better half of my family does not believe 
they believe in God, but they, they don't believe in Jesus, the need for the Bible, all that, right? And when we talk about it, these are the questions I get the most, right? They say, hey, okay, you believe God's good, right? You guys know where this is going. You believe God's good, yeah? Yeah, for sure. Okay. And why do bad things happen to good people? If God's so good, why are there wars? Why is there death? Why is there poverty? If God's so good, why does the world look the way it does? If God is so good, why doesn't he just step in and do something about it? If God is so good, how, why, what? And the question is always posed, to me anyway, I won't speak for you, but for me, the question is posed more times than not, if God is so good, why, how, what, when? If God is so good, and then we question if these things matter anymore, but, but the answer is so simple, it's crazy. If you go back and you look, right here, the book of Genesis, the creation story, the, the story of the fall of humanity, I can answer any of those questions right now. You ready? If God is so good, why does the world look the way it does? Here's why. Because ever since the beginning, there's been a tempter, an accuser, an enemy that has tried to put different voices in your head other than God's. And when you listen to them, this is what happens. If God is so good, why are there people that hurt? Because there is a fracture in the human condition. We are predisposed to having our hearts bent against God because it feels good to have our way and not do God's way. That's too much of a commitment for us. There's too much there for us to have to dig into. There's too much obligation. There's too much... Why do things happen to, bad things happen to good people? Bad things happen to good people because there's people that do bad things to good people. And those people have hearts that are turned away from God as well. That are bent Because they're listening to a voice that is different than God's. And it's so subtle. And none of us are exempt to it because what we can learn from the story of the fall is that it doesn't take a bold-faced lie to trick any of us. Some of us today, right now, are believing lies that come from a voice that's not God's because it's so easy to trick us. If we're not careful, all you got to do is take something good God said, put a little bit of doubt in it, and you have the perfect equation to get people doubting, falling, deterring, and blaming everybody else for anything else. We've even gone so far now as to blame God for it before we'll blame ourselves. But again, this is a story of that crimson cord that runs through it all today as the band wants to come. Today what I want to share with you is that that's the 1.0 version. And if you're still there, I want you to know that God doesn't just care about the big picture stuff. God isn't, like, like God cares about it. God cares about it. But it's not just atrocities. It's not just wars. It's not just violent crimes on a big scale. It's not just school shootings. It's not just rape. It's not just social injustice. It's not just racism. All of those things are included. Believe me, Christians that tell you that God doesn't care about that, we just need to stick to preaching the Bible, dead wrong. I'll tell you right here, right now, God cares about all of that, passionately cares about all of that. But he is so good and so powerful that he doesn't just care about that. He cares about you in a deep, intimate, real, personal way. 
God's not just fixed on the big picture outcome and doesn't care what happens to people in the meantime. God cares about what's happening with you. And the good news that we can take from this is that although when Adam believed a voice other than God's, it fractured everything, and that includes your personal life. Look at me. That includes your personal everyday life. Why do you have trust issues? Well, because I can't trust them. Why can't you trust why do I feel alone? Why, I, I told you guys this before, but a couple years ago, I could not understand why, but for some reason, I just felt sorrow and depression like I've never felt in my life. And I don't know where it came from. It just blindsided me. Y'all know, I told you, Quinn knows. Quinn noticed, Quinn's a good friend. Quinn noticed and was like, hey, man, let me take you to Coney Dog. That fixes everything. And... I couldn't explain it. Sometimes we experience these things that we can't explain. Why? Because those are the results of the fall. Those are the results of what happened to people that God loves when they stop listening to the God who loves them. Your person, are you sad? Have you experienced loss? Are you grieving? Are you mourning? Are you bitter? Are you angry? Are you carrying around a burden that you are just tired of carrying around? Those things aren't things that are unique to you. They're specific to you, and God cares, but they're not unique to you. That's humanity. That's the human condition now, thanks to Adam and Eve. But praise God that God didn't end it there. God sent a 2.0 the second Adam, Jesus Christ, to restore everything, and I mean everything, big, small, and in between, to restore everything that was broken in the fall of humanity. Jesus, in the same way, and even in the same likeness as we saw, that Adam breaks it, Jesus restores it. So this morning, as we sing one more song, I want to invite you, don't just Stand and stand to stand. Don't just stand and sway. Because there's a nice atmosphere in here. Don't just be an observer today. I firmly believe that Jesus is constantly in the act of restoring and reconciling things to himself. And that includes things inside of us. And I believe that today there's work in here that he wants to do if we would give him the time. So in this next song, the next few minutes, and that's all it takes is a few minutes, I want to invite you. This room may be full of people, but I want to invite you to get one-on-one with God in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, and let God begin to restore whatever in you is broken. He's faithful to do it. Jesus, the second Adam, brought restoration through the cross so that God could do it. All you have to do is say, Amen do it. Let me pray for you, and then I want to invite you to worship. God, we love you, Lord, and we thank you. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings, but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.